Praise God. Thank you all for being here. So good to have uh, each one of you carries a glory in yourself <clears throat> that, that uh, just by being here, it's an act. And you know what God likes? He likes acts. That's why he put a book in the Bible called Acts. No, he likes it because that's what makes it, that, that's evidence of, of belief is acts when we, when we move. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for grace that we don't have to do anything to merit God's favor. He's, he, while we're sinners, he laid down his life for us. Amen? But he's not, his, his movements according to need have already been met. He's already moved. He sent Jesus and now he needs us to move. Now, it, it, we're, we don't have to do anything right. We just need to move towards him. We need, just need to believe. And you cannot believe without moving. <laughs> we get saved it, it, because we believe in our heart. We get impressed that, that Jesus laid down. Man, I believe in that. It just takes a little bit of belief. But belief is not enough in its own. You have to act. You're going to have to say something, Right? And you're going to actually have to turn your back on a way of life that doesn't reflect that. Because here's the thing. All of us are already moving based upon beliefs. We already believe something. And your actions, your movements reveal your belief. There's something going on. Look at your neighbor and say, there's something going on in there. <laughs> I can tell because you're moving, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, man, we've, we've had some wonderful songs here this morning talking about believe. Don't you like that? That we can make this declaration what we believe. And it's critical because everything about God, he moves according to belief. So we're going to have to find out. You know, sometimes we can say, well, I slam dunk. I got believing now. Well, <laughs> so where's the evidence? Because there's going to be evidence where there's belief. Jesus said, if you can just believe, all things are possible to those who believe. So so maybe there's some discovery of what belief really is that we need to make. Even though we've already made Jesus our Lord, maybe maybe there's some more things. Remember what happened to the disciples? (laughs) He said, you know, this this kind you're going to have to spend some time with me. And you're going to have to turn, turn away from some other things in your life, right? So we've been looking at this for a few weeks. How many have been enjoying this? Man, I'm growing in this. I, I believe God more and more all the time. You know, we can grow in faith. We can get stronger in faith. And what that's going to be is having to do something with God. So I want to talk about the movements of belief today. And I think there's some things we can look at that will help us to, to see this. Amen? So let's just talk to the Father before we get into this because we have a teacher here today. I just want to encourage you. We're, I, I'm, I've got some things I'm going to share. God's put something on my heart. He, he has something very specific for me to share today. But I'm not your God. <laughs> I'm not your teacher. The Holy Spirit is your teacher here today. And he wants to impart something to you that when we get done here today, I just want to, uh, let, let's get ready. Can we all get ready? Uh, we've already said this today that I'm going to be changed. Let's get ready to respond to what God wants to speak to our hearts today. Again, like I said, I've got something prepared, but, but God is our teacher. And let's say, God, I'm going to put a demand on you. That I'm going to receive something. That I'm going to I'm going to change. I'm going to move. Remember what Jesus said. He said, "Don't just hear something. Do it. Do it." Can we get ready to do something today? All right, Father, we love you so much today. (laughs) We thank you that you did something for us. 
You've already done it. And God, so many times we, we're waiting for you to do something. You've already done it. We just got to believe it. And so, Lord, we just pray that you'd help us today. Open the eyes of our understanding. God, everything that, that comes to us comes through revelation. So, Lord, I, we just pray this over ourselves today. That, uh, Lord, we're opening our hearts before you. Flood them with the light of your truth. God, there's, there's so much other stuff going on all around us. And we just long for the truth today. And we believe that as we receive this, and Lord, I pray that each one of us are going to act on it today. And as we do, there's a promise we can have that we're going to experience freedom. We're going to experience transformation as a result. And so we set ourselves up for this right now and say, God, we're the ones. We're the hungry ones. We're hungering and thirsting for your righteousness. And so we will be filled today. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. So yeah, I'm just calling this the move, movements of belief. And again, the where, where there's belief, there's going to be something to reveal that. When you really believe something, you're going to spend some time on it. You're going to, you're going to devote yourself to it. We've gone into this somewhat in detail already, but I just want to go ahead and let's, let's look at this first passage I have here. Um, and it's in Acts. And this is kind of where I saw this. Um, because Paul was the one that, man, he had a light shine down on him. Jesus knocked him off his horse. Man, wouldn't that be handy if you could say, okay, Jesus, I really need to believe some more. Would you just knock me out of my car? Uh, whatever. You know what I mean? Say, like, why can't we all have something like that? And, 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 and I want to encourage you in that because we can have that kind of an attitude yeah. that we, we need something else to happen for me to really believe something. And I have the right to that. And, and God has an attitude about that. So here, anyway, this is, this is the man. And he was Saul at the time. And, and Jesus appeared to him, knocked him off his horse. And he had this encounter with, with Jesus. And he was impressed by what God could do. But he gets to the end of his life here, in the end of his ministry. And God is sending him off into this place to do something that doesn't seem very glorious. He's going to go to prison. And he doesn't, he doesn't, he chooses to do this in the face of some other things, in the, in the face, of, uh, face of some opposition and actually some prophetic words. How many would like to have a prophetic word that's going to tell you what to do? And that, that's good, but I want to challenge us in this today because as a prophetic word, my God, do I believe in a prophetic word? Not if it doesn't go along with what's in my heart. And it's kind of what I want to get to today. Because sometimes we can get distracted from what God has for us. And actually, we can disable a prophetic word if our attitude isn't right for it. We can disable the opportunity for a prophetic word to come because we're looking at it incorrectly. We're looking unto it. Okay, now I got ahead of myself. Can you give me a break? I got ahead of myself a little bit. All right. So Paul's talking about this, and I'm just going to read through this. And there's a and there's a phrase towards the end of this that man, it, it says, "Wow, Paul, you're really cool here." Okay. And see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. It's kind of cool because he's actually going to he, he's bound physically, but he says, "I'm bound spiritually." That's different. It, it's it's like Jesus said, "You don't take my life; I give it to you." He's bound to something other than an than a, than a earthly bondage, isn't he? And that's what he's saying here. He said, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. He knows some of them, but he doesn't know them all. Except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city saying that chains and tribulations await me. How many want a word from God? 
You know, sometimes that word we want, we want to order it. Like we would order at a fast food place. I would like this order that's going to tell me how wonderful this is going to be. And, you know, and maybe there's something we're going to go through that, that, that you know, it's not going to be great. But God says you're going to be victorious no matter what. But listen to what he says, this very next phrase. He says, but none of these things move me. And this is what I want to talk to today because what do we believe? What are we actually going to respond to? What are we going to make changes in our life based upon? Is it going to be based upon which way the wind's blowing? What somebody said to me? <laughs> and actually in church, and I'm talking to a bunch of choir members here today, all right? Sometimes we can be waiting on God to do something. And, and let's just look at his attitude about this a little bit, okay? And, and, and he will. He'll do things. But once we've already given our hearts to him, we're new creations in him, aren't we? Do we need another sign to believe him more? He's already here, right? Okay. <laughs> All right. Be with me on this, okay? Because he's great. I, I want to see him move. I, I, you know, I, I want to see demonstrations too. But what do I believe in? Do I believe in those, in those things? Where is my belief? This is so critical. Because it will make a way for those things. To, the people that operated in, thing, in those things, they weren't impressed by them. If you notice, Peter, he was not impressed by what he was doing. He was just giving it. And the more we're impressed with what we could be expecting and needing as validation of who God is, the more we're looking to that to be our God for us, the more we're never going to get to God because you cannot believe in something that God is doing and miss out on who he is. Right? Okay. So let's look at here. So what we have going on, when we come in before, before Jesus and going on in the world today, there's basis of, of belief based upon what's happening, right? This is, how, uh, this is how religion begins. So something's happening. Oh, well, I'm going to decide that God is moving based upon a physical event that I can see. Is that right? I mean, that goes way back, doesn't it? Something's happening up in the sky. Well, there's God's doing something. I'm basing everything I have to do based upon something I can see, something I can feel, something I'm, I've experienced, right? Okay, and it, so it's seen versus eternal. Things you can see, they're not eternal. Everything we can see is going to pass away. Is that right? <laughs> okay, 2 Corinthians 4.16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Who, he's talking to people who, who have been reborn in Christ. And he's talking about another realm we've been brought into in, in God. Now, before Christ, this was not true. There was not this ability to speak from an inward man. 
it was, it was outward even then, right? You had to go sacrifice an animal to make yourself right before God. And, and you're always looking for a sign of some kind, yeah. right? right? said, but we're not, we're not looking at outward things. We're not going to be affected by these things. And I, I want to encourage us in, in this, that what we have in God he doesn't need to do something in order to make that valid or not. In fact, a lot of times circumstances in life, if, we, if we're deciding whether God's doing something based upon something we're going through, we could completely decide to not go in God's will and miss out on it. Okay. All right. So there's differences of belief and faith versus sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, and it says, For we live by believing and not by seeing. So what he's talking about in this passage, he's talking about, he says, you know, our, our outward man's dying away. Our, our, our body is not going to be here, but there's a part of us that is. And, and we have to live by believing in that. Now there's another believing. I, I, I thought about it like this, you know, um, uh, if I wanted to, if I wanted to give you a car, and I took you outside, and there's a nice car sitting right there. And I hand you the keys, and I say, I'm giving you this car. Get in that car and go. Now, you believe you got that car, right? I mean, you're sitting in the thing. You're driving off in it. You believe that, right? But now, if I, if I walk up to you, I've got some overalls on. I come from eastern Colorado. We wore overalls out there and hiking boots. I went to college my freshman year, wore hiking boots. People had to think I was... From the sticks. But so I, I show up, I, I, I don't look very fancy, and I say, I just bought you a Maserati. And you look at me and you say, You bought me a Maserati? You know what it would take at that point? Not just regular belief, faith. Right? You're not seeing anything, there's no evidence. Right? There's two different kinds of faith. There's, there's faith, there's belief that you can see. Actually, you don't need faith to believe for something that you can see. Right? right? That's it. Right? That's exactly it. Yep. Man, I, I encourage you in this today. What we've been brought into is a realm of faith, not a realm of seeing. Yeah. And what, what we want, we can be drawn into is I need to see something. I need to see something. And we get completely out of the realm that we've been given. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's look down a little bit further in the fifth chapter here of 2 Corinthians. So, in Christ, the old directives. Man, I saw this verse a little bit differently. Um, the old directives. Look, let's look at the old things as being directives. Now, the, the reason why I say directives is what we're going through in our life that we're experiencing it's trying to move us. It's trying to get us to decide to do something, right? And he said, if you become in Christ, all the old things that could move you have passed away. How can things move you if they no longer breathe? They no longer talk. They're dead. They're gone. They're no longer effective. Those are the things on the outside, right? 
says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become known. He's talking about this realm. This is further down in the same chapter. He's talking about how the old things in the flesh are dying away. What are those things? The things that can move us, that we can believe in. Okay. All right. Hang with me a little bit. All right. So what do we go by for direction? If things, if it's not things that are seen, man, this is really going to be good. Because I, I want to I encourage us in what we do have today. To not, to not you know, we're, we have to make changes. God every day is wanting to say, you know, I want to just lead you a little bit further on this righteous path. It's going to get brighter for you today. You say, well, I've been, I've been done being on this path since I was a little child. Well, there's more brightness for you. Right. Amen? Yes. We can still get more. Yes. And so if things... If you can't go by things that are seen, and you're going to have to go by things that are unseen, that gets really weird, doesn't it? It's like, huh, so what am I supposed to do then? Just wait around for a light to knock me off my horse? What, what, what am I supposed to do? And, and, and let's look at this. This is, this is cool. And this was actually happening. In, in Christ, it made this possible for all of us. Uh, before that, there were, there were prophets, there were some that, that were dedicated unto God that were experiencing a part of this. And Elijah was a, a, an amazing man with regard to this. Man, he, <laughs> he was with God all the time. He was, he was able to communicate with God. And it was kind of cool because there was this king named Ahab. And Ahab was up to no good. And he had this wife that was really up to no good, Jezebel. And she was killing off all, the, all God's prophets. And uh, Elijah was one that Ahab could not get a hold of. It was really cool. Anybody like spy movies? You know where you have intel, you know, and somebody's fixing to do something and you find out about it and you subvert what they're doing, you know. And I like watching those kind of things. You know, it's, you kind of have to think a little bit. Some movies you just don't have to think, but those movies you get to think a little bit. <laughs> So Ahab, he says, but there's, there's one prophet I really want to kill, and it's Elijah, because he keeps speaking things against me. He keeps undermining everything I'm trying to do. And so he would find out where Elijah was, and he'd show up to get him, and Elijah would be gone. <laughs> and it would do it again, and he would show up to get him, and Elijah would be, you know why? Because Elijah was hearing the voice of the Spirit telling him things. The Holy Spirit was his, his, his guide, right? The Holy Spirit was his intel. Wouldn't that be great? Have the Holy Spirit as your intel? All right. So, so Elijah says, I'm going to go and I'm going to present myself to Ahab. He's not going to have to look for me. I'm going to show up. So he tells one of his servants, go tell Ahab I'm showing. They said, what? You're going to get me killed. You're <laughs> he's going to think you're coming and you're not going to come and you're going to go like that and then he's going to kill me because I told him you were coming. <laughs> and, so, and so Elijah goes, he shows up this time and he goes before the people and let's, let's look at what he says to the people. Here, 1 Kings 18, 21. says, And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. 
But the people answered him, not a word. They were afraid. King Ahab's there. He's, he's just been killing prophets. He said, Ugh. so, so what are they? They're, they're moved by what? Fear, right? They're moved by an outward appearance. They don't realize who they're fixing to find out is with Elijah, yeah. right? right? So what does Elijah do? Remember the story? This is some amazing stories in this chapter. So, uh, so Elijah says, okay, you bring all your prophets of Baal and we'll just see who's who. What is it? Mono a mono or what? <laughs> mono a 450? <laughs> However you say that. It's gonna be one against y'all. That's Texan. <laughs> so he, he said, it's going to be, and God, it, you're, it's not just me that's here. It's God that's showing up, okay? So what happens, they, you know, all the prophets, they cut themselves and they, and they, you know, make a big deal and they can't get anything to come out of heaven and, and start a fire on their, on their altar. And so, you know, Elijah just has a blast. He just mocks him and makes fun of him and, and says, well, where's your God? Maybe he's sleeping today. Maybe, you know, this is his sleep day. And <laughs> so, so anyway, he, he, he gets his altar, dumps a bunch of water on it, makes it, you know, where there's no way, and he calls on God. God hits it with fire. It burns up the water, burns up everything, and the people have a different answer now. They say, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. They saw a sign. <coughs> they saw a sign, and they needed that then, right? They needed to behold something. They needed to see the power of God in demonstration, right? Yeah. They experienced that. And so here's, here's what Elijah did. He killed all of them. He killed all those prophets. Now he had the po political advantage. He had people on his side now, right? But this is what happened. Jezebel said, I'm going to kill Ahab now. Or I'm going to kill Elijah now. And it's interesting what happened. This is where I'm wanting to get to with this. Because, I mean, this is Elijah. He's just done all these amazing things. And now, he starts to look at circumstances all of a sudden. Yeah. He starts to get moved by something other than what was moving him to stand out there and be all bold and strong. Right, right. Look what happened to him here. Let's, let's go down to to the 19th chapter, 11th verse. So he goes out <laughs> and, and he's afraid and he goes and he hides out. And God says, what are you doing here? Yeah. And he said, I've lived for you all these years. I've served you. I've done all these things. What's he doing? He's looking at circumstances, isn't he? Yeah. He's looking at what's going on around him. And now, I'm the only one here, God. I'm the only one left. And now they're going to kill me. How long had been he he'd been playing Frodo already and, and getting out of anything they had tried to do? But all of a sudden, he starts looking. I, you know, we should, we should take heart in this sometimes. This happens to the best of us. Yeah. But we should also see an example. Yeah. And it, this is an amazing story. Okay. And so God said to him, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. 
Who, who else did the Lord pass by? Moses, right? And he got to see his goodness. Moses passed by Elijah. <clears throat> and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains. Man, a sign! Yay! And broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. How many would say these are some pretty legitimate signs? Right? But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small. You know, when God does stuff, I mean, he created the heavens and the earth. You look up in the sky. You know, we were watching. We were out here the other day. I don't know if you, anybody ever seen some of those uh, Starlink satellites going over? The, we, were, we were out there and, and we look up in the sky and we think, UFOs. Somebody's coming after us. Because there's like 10 of them. Was it 10 or maybe more? I don't know. They, they were in a perfect line. And they're going right across the sky. And we can praise that guy that does that. And we can say what a genius he is. And God put millions of them up on the other side. You know what I mean? He, he, he does some pretty incredible things. When God moves, you can tell he's been there. Right? <laughs> but the, the evidence isn't him. Do we believe in the stars? There's some pretty handy signs, aren't they? But I don't believe in the stars. Is healing wonderful? Yes, but I don't believe in healing. I believe in the healer. Amen? All right. <coughs> Excuse me. Mark 8, 12. Let's look at this. So... <coughs> So Jesus had an attitude about this too, and he said, um, and he reveals it. He doesn't talk about this a, a whole lot, but remember what happened. Even even when he first started doing miracles, what would he do? He'd, he'd do these amazing miracles, and then he'd say, "Don't tell anybody, please," yeah. and nobody obeyed him. <laughs> you would have thought he would have took it out on somebody, you know? <laughs> nobody obeyed him. He told him not to tell. What's the, what, why? The purpose of all the miracles that he performed was to not start a ministry of healing. The things that he even taught was not just to uh, garner a teaching ministry. Everything that he did was to get them to believe in him. <laughs> and this is where it changes. This is where he, he, he's not religion, he's relationship. What are we actually believing in? Are we believing in the evidence that we want God to do? Come show me a sign so I can believe in you. Do you know how ridiculous that is? That's like walking up to, walking up to Einstein and saying, would you please uh, figure out this formula so I can decide whether you're a genius or not? You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know how great an example that is, but you know, it's like, what? I'm standing here in front of you, a genius. Just shut up. And go experience the theory of relativity. I don't know. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 
But I think that's how God is a lot of the times. You know, we're, 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 our, our expectations are, are, are misplaced. <laughs> and so go, so goes our belief. Because what moves us is an indicator of what our belief is. Okay? So if we're just moved to an evidence of God, that's what we're going to be giving our efforts to, our energy to. Amen? And we're going to be missing out on him. (laughs) This is so much bigger. Oh, thank you. All right. <clears throat> so they, all these, and these were religious people that came to Jesus. And they're saying, if you're really the son of God, show us a sign. Man, he's been doing all this stuff already. It's like, you want me to give you a list? You want me to, where's the newspaper? You know, let's look, <laughs> I can show you a whole bunch of stuff. But it, 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 what, he, he didn't say anything about it, everything he had already done. He, what he said here was, he sighed deeply in his spirit. What's he thinking? Good job. Do that again, everybody. Look at you. <laughs> All right. He did a nice sigh and rolling of the eyes. Um, he said, why do these people? Now, what's interesting, he said, these people. Now, there's people that need a sign in this world. They do. Did you know the speaking in tongues is supposed to be a sign? (laughs) To who? Not to me. I'm already filled. Who's it for? The unbelievers. The unbelievers. That means if I'm a believer, what do I need? I don't need a sign. I just need him. Amen? He is what I believe in. Right? And I need him. I need to be moved by him. He needs, there needs to be evidence he's in my life. There needs to be evidence something's going on in here. Right? (laughs) He said, why do these people keep demanding a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth. I will not give this generation any such sign. Isn't that weird? Because it seemed like he did quite a bit of other stuff after that. But who's he talking to? He's, he's talking to, it's amazing to me, all the religious leaders. Remember when he got ready to go to the cross, he said, so which miracle are you doing this to me for? Because they weren't impressed by what he did. Here's the thing. The people that are most resistant to who God really is are the ones who should know better. Wow. Right? The ones who would call themselves religious, that they've got it all figured out, and they're saying, I'm still needing to see something. And God is put off, and he says, well, I'm here. Is Einstein not enough? That's a really bad analogy, because Einstein didn't come close. But, but you know what I mean. It's Jesus. He's standing there in front of him. He's the Lamb of God. He's the Savior of the world. And they're saying, show me a sign. And I'm thinking, God, how can I do this before you? How can I let my life be, be moved by events, by what I think somebody's thinking about me, by all these things that would, would curb my ability to believe in who you are? Right? Yes. Yes. I, must, I must tremble in your 
presence. You're the one I believe in. Man, if, if I can just believe in him, and that's what Jesus was saying. If you can just believe. Sometimes we, we hear that and think, oh man, I got to start working on my believing on mountains going into oceans. And, and I got, wow. But I, but I really just want to watch Netflix. <laughs> you know? And he said, you know, you're not going to have to work on all these different things that you think you want from me that are me to you. Just believe in me. Get full of me. And from the outflow of that will be everything that I am. Because I can't go anywhere without making a mess. Right? Okay, so truth comes not from outside voices, but from inside. Are y'all good here this morning? It's good, amen. I want to be changed in the presence of God. I want to believe him like never before, amen. <laughs> but I want to let it be him that I'm believing in. All right. But you have received the Holy Spirit. He lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you. What's he talking about here? Well, y'all might as well just stand up and leave. You don't need me. No, it's like, you don't need to let a teacher become your God. You don't need to let somebody else be your avenue to God. Right? Said, I've come to live on the inside of you. I've come to abide in you. I've come to guide. What's a guide? So I went to, I went and climbed Kilimanjaro. First time I went... There you go, Sherpa. It can be, yeah. I had one guide. My brother and I both had one guide when we went the first time, not 1985. And I'm not sure why we needed him, because uh, it was kind of plain where we were going. But we did. We did need him. Why? Because we were wanting to go up the mountain. We didn't hire the guide and say, go on. <laughs> what good is a guide if you're not going to follow him? You know, you're fixing to go somewhere if you're getting a guide, right? He didn't come to abide inside of us just so we can sit around and feel good about ourselves. He's wanting to lead us somewhere, right? Amen? You receive the, the Holy Spirit. He lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. And that doesn't take us away from a need to hear what somebody else is saying, But the impartation of the truth of that thing better be coming from the inside and not the outside. Amen? You better not be requiring what somebody else's revelation is to decide whether it's true for you or not. Amen? We can get a wealth of information from all these other places, but they, they better not become our God. They said it, so it must be. No, God said it, so it must be true. Amen? And that needs to come from this inner voice of the spirit that's on the inside of us. For the spirit teaches you everything you need to know. That's why we prayed here today. Because I'm going to say some stuff. But if it's not the spirit teaching us, we're not going to be transformed. But if if we get open to the Holy Spirit teaching us, amen, now our belief, 
this is what I desire. When we come in here, we can't be believing in, in a church. We can't be believing in a, in, a, in a way of doing things. We come here to believe in Jesus. Amen? And to be transformed in that. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. He gives the key to it here at the end. He said, your ability to understand truth that is so necessary for believing, it's going to come from fellowship with Christ. Right? Not just information about him. It's going to come from abiding in him. Remember what Jesus said? He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask anything. That sounds like belief, doesn't it? Where's it coming from? It's coming from fellowship with him and a deference to his will in your life. Your movements. You don't just get information from him. You move in response to what he says, to his will. And you do that through fellowship. I love him. Amen. That's why it's so important to be passionate about him in worship. Amen. Let's look at this a little bit more. So what's the difference between the Old Testament and what we have been given in Christ? The source of our movements comes, can come. It doesn't all the time, but it can. We've been enabled to have the believer inside that's moving us be the Holy Spirit. And to guide us into truth. And in that truth is freedom. Did you know? You can be in church all your life and never be free. Because you're going to have to follow the spirit into the realms of freedom. Amen? Okay. John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, right? He will guide you into all truth. Man, that sounds pretty exciting. That's more exciting than Kilimanjaro. <laughs> or Meru. We watched that movie. I recommend, well, maybe no. <laughs> Sometimes they say some things on there they might not say, they might not should have said. But these guys are climbing this, uh, some of these most amazing mountains that these people will do, you know. You think, how in the world do they do that kind of stuff? God's wanting to take us places that are amazing. Amen? And he's going to fill our mouths with good things to say, yeah. right? As we do. But he's wanting us to occupy places that are incredible yes. for his glory. <clears throat> he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Now, here's what we have. I think today is, is more than any other time in history. People are pulling on us to become part of their movement, aren't they? <laughs> There's some really weird movements out there, isn't there? And it, it's amazing me, to me how many people they can get to join their movement, right? They can get people to believe and follow this stuff that's, that's completely nonsense, right? <laughs> and it's like anybody can come up with their own perspective of things. And it must be true because I thought of it. Aren't you glad there's a truth yes. <laughs> that's not moving based upon the wind or the, or the earthquake or the fire, <laughs> right? Yeah. 
And we can know that. that. That spirit that we've received in the Holy Spirit, he comes in. Now, but just like that verse we just said, we're gonna have to fellowship with it because if we're fellowshipping with other voices, other influences, we're not gonna be able to hear his voice when he speaks because he is wanting to guide us into, so that our movements, now I encourage us in this because we're talking about all things being impossible or all things being possible to us, right? And then we sang about it today. It's a big thing. But that's gonna come from those who are abiding in him, those who are living in him, those who are listening for his voice. Those who are waiting on the Lord, saying, God, I can't, I, I'm, I'm just waiting to hear your voice so that I can respond to it. Not so that I can just say, I heard it. Wow, that was a wonderful service. Didn't you want, like that service? We heard all kinds. No, what are you doing about it? Because it doesn't make any difference if you have a revival, if there's no movement that's rep representing Christ outside of that. Yeah. Amen? That's right. That's right. Good. So let's look at Isaiah 30. How many are changed already? Yes. Being affected this morning, amen? So in the middle of outside voices, the Lord's voice will guide. So here's the thing. God wants to take us to a place where there's other things happening in our life that we can receive truth from him through. They don't take his place. So it's not that God's not gonna use other things in our life, other people in our life, Right? He's, he's going to demonstrate himself and be strong. But it needs to be him that we're getting the revelation through. Right? Because our belief, if it gets displaced from him in any way, we miss out on its power. And it can be a very real reason why we're not experiencing all these things. Because it's a displaced expectancy. If only this can happen. If only I can go here. And God said, put your expectancy on me. Just keep it there. It's, it's, it's easy to do, but you're going to have to remove some other influences at the same time. You can't be basking in other voices and your attention on other voices and expect to respond to the voice of the Lord. You'll have a hard time picking it out of the crowd. What was, what was that? What was the tone of that voice after all the big noise of the, of the things that uh, Elijah was experiencing? It was still and it was small. Yeah. God right now in all of our lives is speaking to us. He already is. Yeah. But we have such a barrage of noise yeah. going on. And there's going to need to be a setting aside, yeah. a displacing of those things. If we care, how many care? You know, maybe care needs to rise some more. You know, I really, I really want to know God. Yeah. Because the more we get convinced of this as a necessity, yeah. and we say, the Lord, he is God, then we're going to, we're going to kill some prophets of Baal in our life. Yeah. Amen? Though the Lord gave you adversity for food and suffering for drink, he will still be with you to teach you. You will see your teacher in your, with your own eyes. Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is, this is the way. You should walk in it. But if you got the earbuds in and you're jamming to the beats, you hear what I'm saying? 
There has to be something that we cut, cut away in our life. That if I'm going to hear the voice of the Lord, I'm going to need to make some silence so he can be heard. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Now, we can listen to some, you know, <laughs> some good worship music that will take us there where our, our focus is, is, is fixed on him. But at some point, we need to be listening for his voice. Amen? This voice will come, and it will tell us where to go. Look at this. It says, whether to the right or to the left. God wants to be involved in every one of our movements. Everything that we get about, we can say, well, that's just a God thing. That's just a, you know, you're trying to separate my life up here. He said, I want to be involved in everything in your life. Can you imagine if God got involved in everything in your life, in your relationships, in your job? You know, if, if there was actual deference to God, what do you say about that? He has something to say about everything. He's really smart. He's a really good counselor. He's a really good coach. Right? Now, here's the critical thing about this. We don't get to believe for things that he can do without believing in him. And you're not going to believe in him without setting aside this expectancy of him, this displacing other things that you desire from him. This makes sense? (laughs) I've hammered on this pretty good, right? But this is necessary. If we're going to believe God, it's going to require this. I'm going to have to believe him to the point where these other things don't move me. Right? Isaiah is saying here, there's some stuff you're going to go through. Right? Mm -hmm. Food, drink. He said, and he all the time, no matter what you're going through, there's a learning opportunity in the spirit. God wants to take you someplace. Amen? Okay. Let's look at John 8, 31. So God desires this for each one of us here today. I, I, you know, I don't know if there might be somebody here that you've never made Jesus your Lord, and, and it's, it's, it's critical that you don't just know something about him and feel like you got a good understanding about that, but it's not just those who even confess him. It's those who repent and turn and walk with him that get to experience the benefits. But we're not doing it for the benefits. And, and this is kind of where I want to get to with this today. Why are we with God? Is it for the benefits? Or is it for him? And there will be a discipline that follows when we're follow, believing in him. It will change everything about our life. Amen? There'll be things that are uprooted that can't stay there anymore. Because you can't, it's like Hunter was saying, you can't, how did you say that the other night? That was so good. About you can't um, bless what you're going through. Uh, At Rayma, they used to, they used to tell you if you, if you were addicted to something, there was a guy that was addicted to smoking cigarettes. He said, he's addicted, I'll say it. Every time you light a cigarette, you you say, you say, I'm smoking this cigarette in Jesus name. There we go. In Jesus name. So. So what you, what you say when, when, you, in, when you say in Jesus' name, what that means is I'm, I'm, I'm including the presence of Jesus in this moment. 
I'm including the presence of Jesus in this moment. And if you can't say that in what you're doing, it's coming from a belief that is not in him. Your movement is coming from a different source than a believing in him. You cannot believe in a most holy God and act like a most wicked Satan. Right? So it, it's not condemnation that will keep you from the grace that he's provided for you to be delivered from that. But you're going to have to make a change. It's all in your court. You have to decide this. And this doesn't matter. I, I believe this message is for all of us. There's a place he wants to take us where our belief grows to a place of mountain moving power. But there's going to need to be a realization of what's moving us in every aspect of our life. Is it just wanting God to do something? Putting a label on God of what we think he should be doing up to? Or is it him? Amen? He will change everything about our life if we let him. Jesus said to the people who believed in him. And he's, he's talking to the ones who, who are believing in him. They've made a change. You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So, <clears throat> it's not enough. It's not enough to just sign on the card, wear a placard. It's the ones that say, Jesus said something. That's my movement source. He said something about this. Okay, that's what I'm going to choose to do. And, and again, this, this, is not, this is not religious. This becomes um, revealing of what you believe. We're talking about belief, right? So God, Jesus says something. He says, if, if the ones that are really my disciples are the ones who have heard something about, they're abiding in me. They're, they're, my words are abiding. Uh, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, But he says that you're going to have to act like they're true. You're faithful to them. Yeah. You're being faithful to those things. Right? said, then you will know the truth. Did you know that everybody out here in the world right now that's trying to use this verse is all messed up, most of them? They're talking about knowing the truth and they're spouting all kinds of falsehoods yeah. and acting like somebody's going to be free as a result of that. No, they're just getting into deeper bondage is all they're doing. Because the way you know truth is you go to the source. You allow it to become part of your heart. And it becomes the movement force in your life that affects everything that you're doing. Right. Affects what you're watching. Yeah. Affects what you're drinking. Yeah. Affects what you're eating. You're meditating on. You have to be able to say, I'm doing this in Jesus' name. Or you're just a flat-out liar. You don't believe in him any more than he can do anything for you. Is that, is that too strong? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think we need to be real with ourselves. Do I really believe in him? Because if I do, you're going to see some movements out of me that reflect that. In fact, if there's something other than that, that's an indication that my believer needs to be adjusted. So wonderful. He's not, isn't it amazing how God, he is most holy. And he said, you be holy because I'm holy. 
think, well, thanks a lot. You're the one that's holy here. Well, you be in him. You believe in him. And you'll become holy as a result of that. Amen? (laughs) And then you'll know truth. It won't be something that you're trying to stick your finger up in the the wind and decide which way truth is going today. Truth will come from the inside. Jesus has come to live on the inside, to produce movements from the inside rather than the outside. Everything, and we need to be challenged in this. We don't need any more from the outside. We have a voice on the inside that is speaking truth to us today. Amen? Now, he will speak through other people, but it needs to bear witness with what's here already. We need to be depending on that inner voice of the Spirit. Amen? And then moving. If he's our guide, we better get hoofing it. We better be walking. Or we're staying at the bottom of the mountain. Amen? 